Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the 5 Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags and with me as always my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you this early evening? Feeling fresher than the days, we're on this early. Yeah, it makes a, makes a change from the recent ones where we've been recording this podcast like at 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. It's good to be able to get this knocked out uh, and get to bed at a reasonable time. Uh, but yeah, we've just literally finished watching UFC 254, Habib versus Gaethje. Uh, quickly just run through these prelims. Uh, card started with uh, Joel Alvarez picking up a, a first round sub against Alexander Yakovlev and then we had a, a first round knockout by uh, Miranda Maverick on Liana Jujua then going into uh, the, the televised prelims we started with a uh, with uh, Jung Down uh, getting uh, the draw, uh, the decision draw with Smile and Sam Alve, and then uh, Shavgat Rachmanov getting the, the massive upset uh, knockout victory, or oh, sub-victory of Alex Oliveira. Then we got uh, a decision victory for Casey Kenny against Nathaniel Wood, and then in the in the featured prelim, uh, Stefan Struve knocked out yet again with one second left on the, the first round to Tartu Vaza. So going on to this main card, we have uh, six fights total. Started in the light heavyweight division uh, with uh, Magomed Ankliev taking on uh, Ion Kutalaba. If you remember, this fight was uh, was took place a few months ago and um, was very um, very disputed finish. Uh, Kutalaba got uh, was stopped by the referee who uh, claimed he was uh, knocked out when. He clearly wasn't. He was. Uh, he was ready to carry on fighting. So the UFC did the right thing and rebooked the fight. Uh, Kutalaba wanted to kind of prove that he he wasn't beat by Ankleven. Ankleven wanted to put a, a, a rubber stamp on the fact that he won the fight, and it went Ankleven's way. He actually he, he destroyed Kutalaba in this fight. Uh, started with a with a, a kicking game, um, which uh, actually 
went longer than than the actual first fight. I think the first fight was what thirty seven seconds or something like that when the ref jumped so, in to stop uh, it. Right early. Yeah. Uh, so we, like I said, we started with a kicking game. Anklev took the took the lead with that, landed a few uh, uh, kicks to the face with a front kick. Uh, Kuzlava tried to counter with some inside leg kicks and then comboing with a overhand right. Um, Kutalaba comes in for the takedown, Anklev landed a knee, and Kutalaba then started kind of like doing a chase. Uh, Anklev was able to, to put uh, Kutalaba down with a left hand, but uh, uh, Eon, just being so resilient, got straight back up. Uh, a little bit of an exchange, and then Anklev drops Kutalaba with a left. Uh, when he hit the floor, you could see the back of his head just bounce off the back of the mat. Uh, Kutalaba tried to turtle up, uh, but Anklev... Uh, Puts in two punches that just just cleans Kuzlava out. He was fast asleep, and with uh, with just forty seconds left on the clock in the first round, we get the the first finish of the main card. And Magomed Ankalev gets his second victory in a row over uh, Ian Kuzlava. See, which I don't find surprising. It didn't surprise me the way he finished the fight. It didn't surprise me how we were coming into the fight. Um, there's been enough. The obviously these two were supposed to fight. Uh, f- uh, three times. Second time they fought, controversy. Uh, controversy. Um, third time they fought. So like when we were just watching it then, like I was saying to you, fucking don't stop it yet, ref. Mm-hmm. Let him, let him yeah. get put out. And as soon as he got knocked out, um, the first comment where I, I said is, "There's no way you can say that we're in hurt the stoppage now." And uh, he, he, like I said, there were a, there were a lot building up to this fight. Uh, there were a lot of stuff like that went into it and. For me, Kutalaba, he didn't change anything about his game. But saying that, uh, neither did that Anklev. Not uh, a lot of them, both of them, uh, didn't really do um, that much to change the game. Uh, they both came in that sort of heavily swinging like they did in the in the first part. Mm-hmm. And obviously this one just happened to go on uh, that extra three minute uh, longer. So... Yeah, they were no surprise me both from the way uh, uh, he finished him. Uh, obviously, the the first time round it was a head kick. Um, second time round, now it was the the punches and the follow up. And uh, to be honest, that that's one thing that I can say if I were to say anything would surprise me about this bout is um, I thought Anklev were just going to go straight for the same game plan, just open him up, hit him a couple of times to the body, and then uh, kick to the head and. I were wrong, but good win for Kuzla, um, Kuzla, I was about to say, fucking, he, he wishes he won. Yeah, I was about to say, he fucking wishes he won, mm. he's still waking up. Uh, good win for Ankalev, um, he moves up the, the light of the way rankings, uh, but yeah, okay, what more can you say for him, it's a good, uh, I suppose one good thing that comes out of this, it, it puts this sort of little drama to rest between yeah. these two, because... It's they been needed to move boring. on. They needed to yeah, move it's on. been boring because it's not like there's been feuding about new stuff. It's like old stuff that's just carried on. It's like fuck me, guys. Like enough, enough. Come on, like, pass the torch a little bit. So then after that, we are going to the women's flyweight division with a veteran, Lauren Murphy, uh, looking to continue this kind of a good run of form and push towards a, a title match, uh, taking on uh, Lilia uh, Shakirova, the, uh, making a UFC debut, coming in with a lot of harp. I think she was 8-1. Uh, I thought they were put on the UFC. I thought I saw 8-0. I thought they put on 8-0. 8-0 is... Um, 
No, there was four. It was she's won her last eight. I think. I think she may have lost her first part. Mm. Uh, but yeah, she was coming in with a with a big heart train behind her, and um, Lauren Murphy has put that heart train and and really derailed it with a very classy uh, victory. Sh- uh, Shakirova tried to dominate the the first round with uh, with kicks. Uh, but Mur- uh, Murphy did so well in pressuring her uh, landing combination. She was very uh, elegant with the way she fought, uh, very aggressive, um, good with the takedowns, uh, good with the takedown defence. She avoided uh, a decent spinning back fist by uh, Shakirova. Um, but, yeah, the, the the first round was very much a feeling out round and Murphy kind of finding her distance, uh, finding uh, her range and, and avoiding uh, Shakarova's uh, takedowns. And, and she did a, a, a really good job of, of kind of, like, cementing her game planning going into the second round and she, she just uh, decided to dominate and got I think she got her first ever sub, if I remember rightly. Uh, in uh, 10 fights in the UFC, she's never finished anyone with a sub. Uh, but... Um, getting to that sub, she uh, she basically turned up the 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 dial on the on the amount of pressure and the amount of shots that she was was throwing. Really started to worry um, Shakirova, who, who was uh, almost trying to run away. It felt like to me the way she was circling and and kind of backing up towards the cage. Uh, Murphy grabs over for the clinch, lands a couple of knees to the body, uh, ties her up on the on the fence, was able to drag her to the floor. Um, Murphy was pretty much uh, in in full mount in, in uh, switching from guard to mount just easily with uh, with the transitions. Uh, Shakirova did attempt to go for a, a leg submission, but Murphy was able to to defend that and switch into some ground and pound. Um, then Murphy uh, uh, transitioned into side control and went wait for Shakirova to try and uh, try and escape. And as soon as she made a move, Murphy was able to get the back, uh, climbed on her arm under the chin, and it was one of the tightest rear naked shorts I've seen for a long, long while. Uh, you could see the breath coming out of Shakirova's lungs, and she was in absolute panic mode. Uh, great victory for Lauren Murphy, and at 37-year-old, pushing to to get a, a title shot against Valentina Zhevchenko, well played to uh, Lauren Murphy. Definitely well played. So to say she's 37, uh, 30, 37, 37. Yeah, 37. Yeah. Um, DC said on commentary that she's 35 and, and John Anik corrected him. I uh, said, nope, she's uh, 37. <laughs> yeah, for, for 37 years of age, she doesn't fight that, that way. She she fights like she's definitely younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's definitely got that um, that fire and that and that courage um, uh, to go forward. Karova, Shakarova. It's <laughs> fucking weird name, isn't it? Shakarova, um, hard fight for you, did first debut, isn't it? I know, yeah. obviously, we're speaking about divisions that are a very Fred fan, um, yeah. but Laura Murphy, it's not like she's a pushover in the in the UFC. She's she's been around for time, so the experience is there. Um, so yeah, not a not a, not an easy fight for your for your debut. Clearly, someone wants to make a statement, and it's not like she did too bad. Do it. When I was watching it, they both seemed to me like there was somewhat equally matched on the feet. Yeah. Uh, they both threw near enough probably round about the same strikes and to me they both missed round about the same strike. Head head movement was was there for both of them. Timing and accuracy was there for for both of them. Uh, so on like I say on that on that indicator that they were both um sort of point fighting uh, in that aspect whereas 
We've got like a, a wonder boy and a woodley, whereas they couldn't sort of finish each other. Even though they were trying to, it was more the the pros and cons sort of equal each other out in, in both the games. Uh, and I think that's what came down to this one. But then obviously mixed martial arts is what this game is. Byron Murphy switching it up and going to the ground. And quickly we get to realise who is better on the ground than um, better than obviously in the stand up. Quickly Lauren Murphy was showing that she was the more experienced, the more advanced uh, on the ground even, which was surprising with this woman coming from Dezikstan who's had these fucking world of uh, uh, grapplers coming up. I think she was from... Uh, no, I think it was. It's have a. It is a. It's a one of the former Russian uh, um, uh, colonies. I think it's Kazakhstan. It may be Kazakhstan, or it, it's definitely one of those former Russian uh, colonies. And and you made a good point whilst we were watching the fight. You, she came in with a, a, a huge heart train, eight and one, uh, one and last eight fights, but. Does that really stand up when you're looking at uh, like UFC fights? Because we see a lot of uh, these former Russian uh, um, colonies and the fighters coming in with amazing-looking records, but then when they get to the UFC, they're not able to to live up to the heart. And Shakirova was definitely not uh, definitely didn't live up to the heart of someone who, who was eight and in a in her last eight fights. Um, and she got brought down to earth with a with a massive bump. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a, I always make this sort of point with uh, a lot of people when I speak about it with, and it's usually with people who are novice to both similar sports to boxing and mixed martial arts. And I usually use the term is you can make anyone a great boxer by feeding them cans and getting them wins. Because you can, there's always ways for you to look at people and. and Knowing on paper that your guy's gonna beat him, so let's match him up. You don't match your guy up with guys who's, who's who holds any sort of risks, and you quickly can can put a guy in front of. Um, excuse me. I'll do that again. You can quickly have a guy who there who's beating the piss out of uh, his opponents, but what you don't realise is because they're not telling you is his opponent is working nine to five, being a fucking brick labourer. <laughs> so. It's like a lot when you see it in, um, obviously in Bellator and stuff like that. Uh, Michael Venom Page, everyone, like me, I were on his like, heart train before, before he fought someone a little bit decent in, um, uh, what's he called? Uh, Pitbull. No, not Pitbull, the other one. The, the one who knocked him out. Uh, in, blah, 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 fucking hell, it's going to do me, I didn't that, now Lima. Oh, when yeah, he fought Lima. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually thought to myself, hang on a minute. What would actually, what would it actually be like in the UFC? And I know a lot of people give them shit that they they might underpay them or they're not all for the fighters. But you can't not say that these have not got some of the best talent and the best guys. And the reason they've got the best guys is they've got the most fan base. They've got they've they've got everyone as watching them. They're around the world. I know a lot of people say as well about oh well Bellator and one and stuff like that. Yeah, but who the fuck's watching Bellator on Channel Five at like two o'clock and five o'clock in the afternoon? On a Thursday in, on, in the UK, no fuckers watching them. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching UFC on a weekend. No fuckers watching one championship. What's over in Japan or China, wherever it fucking is. No one's watching that. Hey, that's a that. that hey, otherwise, that these companies would be massive as well. They're not. UFC is the biggest company, and everyone's and the best fighters in the world are flocking there because they know if I hold one of them belts, I'm gonna make. And what a lot of people, uh, a lot of fighters realize is. 
Well, if you have one of them USB belts, you also line your pocket with a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, one of the best fighters to never be in the UFC, Michael Chandler, is now there at the tail end of his career. So it shows the the drawing power of the the biggest company in, in the game. Exactly. So I, I, I went back to asking myself, how would the guys like these actually hold up in the UFC? And I thought to myself, no, maybe UFC, maybe MMA is is. I know it hasn't been around as long as boxing, but maybe it's become more mainstream now. Luckily enough, for obviously social media and stuff like that, where I can sort of use the term now in both boxing and MMA, where I can speak to sort of novice people, I can I can tell them and sort of make them understand that a guy's not so good because of his record, because I can put him in front of a lot of people. As long as I'm a, a promoter or a manager or a coach, is making sure his opponent is a fucking nobody who's got no skills whatsoever, and I know that my guy's got all that and near enough 100% looking in his favour, I'd put him in that fight. Mm-hmm. That's an easy way for you to build up your record and get all eyes on you. So these don't. That's so that's one thing for me. I don't always go into into records. So for but then again, so but then again, for you to go for for eight and one and come into the UFC and get a, a woman like Laura Murphy, clearly the UFC have, have watched her. So you know, obviously, I'm not gonna. I'm saying this off not watching any of her previous fights because I honestly. Uh, honest opinion, I have not watched any of her fights. I didn't even know who she were until uh, obviously she's fought Lauren Murphy. Um, so I'm going to have to watch her fights to see if the UFC saw anything good in her. Mm-hmm. But a stand-up was on average, and a, and a ground game was just not there. And Lauren mm-hmm. Murphy was able to capitalise on that and sort of show her as Daniel Colby had said, there's levels to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was just able to show her there. She had one submission attempt to. That's all it took, a one submission attempt, and that was a tight rear naked. As soon as that one locked in. Especially when it's from someone who's who's not known for sub- submitting people. Well, it just shows yeah. how rudimentary uh, Shakarova's ground game must be. Definitely. Obviously, Laura Murphy, congrats to her. She was obviously wanting to finish that way. She, she was so happy to get a submission victory. Uh, I'm going to have to un- learn why, but... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm happy for her. Like if it's again, if you've got a game plan and it just goes to show, if you've got a game plan, you go out there and it and you execute it perfectly. It's going to work out, and clearly that was her game plan for how happy and excited she were to pull this, uh, just a submission off. Mm-hmm. Clearly, her game plan was to go in there, beat her up a little bit, take it to the ground, and and end it with a sub, and that's worked perfectly for her. So. Congratulations to Laura Murphy moving up in the flower division. Yeah, uh, so next after that we get uh, uh, a match with uh, two debutants in the middleweight division. Phil Hawes uh, with a, a huge heart train behind him coming into the the company 8-2. And, two. and uh, Jacob Malkoon as well coming in unbeaten. Uh, and this fight didn't take long at all. 18 seconds, three actual punches landing and it was game over. Uh, they, they touched the gloves, uh, Hose started uh, pressurising uh, Malkoon straight away, landed a right, saw that Malkoon was uh, was dazed from it, landed a, a left that, that connected behind the ear, uh, and that just put uh, Malkoon out to sleep. He, he collapsed into a ball, uh, Hayes followed it, uh, Hose followed it up with uh, a couple of shots to the face, and good night, God bless, what a debut, 18 seconds. That's it. Well, what what can you say about this guy? Uh, 
Uh, the one thing I'm going to touch up on is uh, obviously DC and John Anik brought up the fact that uh, Robert Whittaker was saying this guy should have been the UFC a bit ago. He's been struggling to get farts and he came in 4 and 0. Uh, I somewhat can't find his, his record for who he's fought. Uh, but the guy was a pro boxer. Uh, the one thing about it is that he's had that three pro boxing bouts, uh, eight rounds of his, I think his uh, knockout rate was 66%, which is relatively high. Um, but yeah, um, obviously they were saying this, he was struggling to find fights because he was a scary guy to fight or a hard guy, or a hard guy to fight. I, I really don't understand why because in this fight he didn't look so hard in a way. Um, don't want to be disrespectful. He just he when you when you've got a guy like Robert Whitaker like happy happy you up like that and saying that when you've got the commentary commentary team saying stuff like that about you mm -hmm. and then you come up and don't show up he just go like ah shit maybe yeah. they overhyped you a bit too much there it's like a it, it, it definitely feels like a one and done definitely kind of. yeah go go back to the first part between the uh, Kutalava and um uh Ankuliev uh, Ankuliev when uh when they fought Kutalava went straight over you can remember they went, he went straight over didn't he and uh Ankuliev like basically bear hugged him and threw him across cage and even like Michael Bisping like oh fuck me with an entrance like that you've got to come and, and basically like put on like a show now you you can't just come and just fucking wait there, and it were it were basically like one of them for me. When you've got a commentary team saying saying that sort of stuff here, um, uh, and then obviously Robert Whitaker, one of the the hardest guys in in the middleweight division, uh, saying that sort of stuff about you, and then you come in and you get knocked out in what? What were it? Um, eighteen seconds. Eight, eighteen seconds. Uh, just goes to show you maybe might be even not facing the guys who you should be facing or maybe the talent's not there and you're a one-trick pony <laughs> and his opponent clearly was not a, a one-trick pony he has got still a heart train behind him uh, with um, Philip uh, uh, Philip Hawes uh, who somewhat looks like uh, Walt Harris's little brother <laughs> you're saying that and uh, Walt Harris was in, in the next fight yeah, and this was uncomfortable to watch uh, just because of all the, the situation that, that's uh, been around Walt Harris over the last uh, year or so uh, with his uh, with his stepdaughter uh, going missing and then finding out that what had happened to her. I don't think that Walt Harris's head is in is in the game. He showed that against the in the fight against uh, Overeem, and I, I think that this was his. This felt to me like someone who is farting to keep his mind off, off his real life issues. Uh, and he certainly fought like that. He didn't fight like the Walt Harris that we that we know, uh, the, uh, the, the killer that he can be. Uh, he showed, definitely showed uh, kind of like uh, the promise of that. He landed quite a, a few shots with Volkov, but Volkov just was an absolute level above him in this fight. From the, the first round, he was landing three to four shot combinations when uh, Walt was only landing like ones and potentially twos. Getting to the middle of the, of the fight, uh, it was clear that... Uh, he got uh, the Volkov hurt uh, Harris with a with a left jab, and Harris started ducking down and like acting almost like like as Carla said whilst we watched it, acting like a po possum, like uh, trying to lure uh, Volkov into into range, 
but he didn't seem to be like kind of springing out of that when uh, when he had the opportunity. He was just allowing Volkov to to tag him, and uh, yeah, it was just um, getting to the end of the first round. Volkov was absolutely destroying Harris, and and the referee actually warned Harris that if he didn't uh, start fighting back or, or defending uh, intelligently, he was going to call the fight. Um, luckily, the, the the round ended uh, when Volkov kind of slowed his his pace when he realised he probably weren't going to get the finish in the first, and he wanted to conserve energy. Comes out to the second, um, and it was finished pretty early in in, in this uh, one minute of fifteen of the second round. Uh, Harris shot shot for a takedown, was stuffed by Volkov. Volkov landed a right uh, front kick to the 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 midsection of Harris, almost kind of like a a kick with the toe and then a a jab with the heel. Uh, you could see that Harris was hurt. He just started that turtling up straight away. Uh, Volkov uh, ran in, finished the job with the punches and, and fight over. Um, Volkov picked up the victory. Yeah, congratulations to Volkov. Uh, to uh, touch upon um, what you said about Aris for a sec. Yeah, I somewhat agree with you. Maybe his, his head's not in the right place. Like you say, he, you can't really put a time limit on, on, on grieving, uh, like you said earlier. Um, yeah, maybe it's a hard time for him. Maybe he needs it to take his mind off it. Maybe he's not a good person when he is thinking about it. No one will know bar from, bar from him. And um, he's, it's not like he wasn't a bad fighter uh, in a way tonight. It's not like he was doing stuff wrong. Uh, yeah, he's just a pawn and had the, had the reach on him. Uh, had the reach on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Volkov... Uh, with a much taller opponent. Save for the power wise, Harris is still got more power than Vol- um, uh, Volkov and Volkov knew that and he was doing he was um he was keeping it perfect to stay away from uh, uh, Harris in a way to to stay out of the power shots using his length to his advantage and like I said when you were going into uh while Harris sort of leaning over and sort of taking the possum position when you can't get into a fighter who's got the uh, reach on you in the note, he's also a good uh, counter puncher as well, that uh, Volkov is. Uh, that's somewhat a hard mix to even get in to somewhat doing a bit of dirty boxing with your opponent. Because every time you go in, you're getting popped off. Every time you stood there, you're getting popped off. So what 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 do you do? And I think it were a clever manoeuvre that he tried to do. Well, I could have been totally wrong. He, he, he could have been hurt to the body, or he could have been. Yeah. After the first round, he were like close to winking his eye quite, yeah, a, quite a bit. So he, that could have been hurting him. Uh, it may have been him going into survival mode, basically. Yeah, well, either way, it worked for him. And even if it was that, and if after that he sort of picked, hang on a minute, that fucking. Even though he hurt me, he didn't really do much to me afterwards, but it did break that distance. He did come for me instead of me going to him. And, he were sort of hunching over a couple more times, but then again, it does open up to certain kicks, especially from a long opponent. And clearly, uh, Volkov knew that that basically that front teak kick worked perfectly for that sort of um, for that sort of uh, what would you even call it? That sort of technique, if you will, when mm-hmm. someone's standing. Uh, you'll see a lot of people sort of doing it with. 
uh, wrestlers who are waiting, like the, the guys sort of hunched all the way to like sprawl so they got, can't take them down, so they'll do that perfect, that teep kick, just to like lift them up a bit, it's like, oh, because then they can just drop it down and shoot in straight yeah. away. Um, so it's just like a perfect move to open the body and make them stand up a little bit. Um, but with a guy like uh, uh, Volkov, he's just, just too long when you do that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, try and do that sort of stuff and he, you, let him, you let him do that. That, sort of, that technique only works when you're wanting him to break the distance and when you're not trying to shoot your shots off like Walt weren't doing. That sort of position doesn't work. It just you might as well just be going back to the original thing where you're standing in front of them and you're just letting him like take the shots off. Um, the better guard to that with Olkov, you can clearly tell he's uh, he took that last loss um, from Blades on the chin and he's come back and uh, and worked on that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, congratulations to him. I won't, don't know where he goes from here. Maybe he just needs to go spend a bit of time with his family. Yeah. Try and check where his head is, but definitely he's he's, he's still got a career in the UFC. I don't I don't know how old he is. I don't I don't want to say obviously title wise he's going to be up there because obviously no one will ever know. No one will ever know if he gets back to the to Walt Harris who, who we were before. No one will know, and the time will tell. But one thing we do know for now is Volkov is being a professional and learning from his mistakes. He is getting better, and his performance that he put on perfect with that kick uh, mm -hmm. and then the follow up and. Showing the respect afterwards, which is always, uh, which is always uh, a quality thing to see. But as well, going on for the fight, gotta throw um, sort of like credit where credit is due. Uh, credit to the ref is when obviously Volkov threw that sort of body kick. He in at the pace it was going, it did look like he kicked him at bollocks. But he obviously with a slow mo when we saw it. The first one I saw it, I thought to kick to it bollocks. I'm like, oh shit, that that were because uh, that is one of the other side effects to that sort of kick. You yeah. you can you can sometimes fuck it up and, and clip the cup here uh, in a way. But um, it, the the ref clearly saw it perfectly and saw that it didn't even make contact with the cup. It it perfectly just just hit him straight into the gut. And so credit where credit's due, that that ref made a good call to not go, whoa, what were a low ball or yeah. like that. Because even when he were on the floor, he was still showing signs like it were a, a bit of a kicking kicking testicles. But, nah, yeah, credit where credit's due. Referee done a, done a good in there, so good on to him. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. 
At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yeah, it was uh, the, uh, that referee we haven't seen a lot of it was that Lucas Bazaki. Mm. So after that, let's get into this uh, core main event and... Uh, the only one on this uh, this main card that actually made it to the end to the judges, uh, and it was a very one-sided victory uh, for Robert Whitaker against Jared Cannonier. Uh, the first two rounds, it was pretty much a kicking game from Cannonier versus the the jabbing game of Robert Whitaker. Uh, obviously, Whitaker uh, is really accurate with his with his own kicks, but those leg kicks from uh, Cannonier were was was so brutal. Uh, but he didn't throw enough fists to to kind of worry Whitaker enough. And when Whitaker landed these combinations and his, the, the right jab, he, he absolutely just punished uh, Cannonier. Uh, going into the the second round, Carlos noticed the the massive well on uh, on Cannonier's face. Uh, and as soon as Carlos said that, that's when Whitaker started focusing on it and landed a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, the jabs on it. Uh, but Cannonier stuck with his leg game, which uh, was was a very risky strategy because it, it didn't work in the first round. And when you're going into the second round, already a round down, um, keeping up that same game plan is, is is dangerous, especially when it's not working. And then coming out of, the, out of the second round, it just didn't work at all. So he was going into the third round, two rounds down, with no kind of sign of a, a changing game plan. Uh, going into the third... Whitaker turned up, turned it up a notch, and and damn near finished the fight. Uh, at one point, he was uh, it was uh, he had a cannonier wobbled, and if it wasn't for the cage, cannonier would have fell over. It was it was literally lean on it to to stay stood up. Um, he uh, then took a, a punch from uh, Whitaker, went down to the ground. Whitaker got on top, uh, did some uh, ground and pound. Uh, cannonier did his best to kind of uh, kind of uh, guard against that. But was able to to do a beautiful kind of like squirm out of, out of uh, out of the submission attempt and got back to his feet and it looked like he it was like as had no damage to him whatsoever. But he was very very patient in that last ninety seconds, knowing that you were two rounds down, knowing that you've been taken down, knowing that you've been dominated for two and a half minutes on the floor. He needed to to up that pressure, and he just didn't. Uh, for going for the uh, the last thirty seconds, he landed a shot that that hurt Whitaker, and Whitaker, the sensible, clever fighter that he is. Tied him, tied up Cannonier to give himself the chance to recover to make sure Cannonier didn't do any more damage, um, and he picked up the victory and you know, a very well deserved victory. And uh, just I feel so uh, bad for Cannonier because at someone at, at thirty six years old, this was probably his last chance at, at maybe going for a title shot. Uh, he, he obviously had that kind of fire lit underneath him from Izzy calling him out and saying if you can beat Whitaker you're next and yeah he's just he's whiffed it at the final hurdle and it must be so kind of heart wrenching for him but this is this is Bobby Knuckles who who dominated that division for so long uh, and he's looking to get that title back and and uh, take, take Izzy to the fucking woodshed he definitely put on a statement uh, tonight. But the one thing I didn't notice about him, I didn't see him 
do a lot of old league kicks and it seemed mm. seem throwing them that uh, one little bit. And I think that was because the, the early leg kicks did so much damage because it, Cannoneer had so much power in them, you could see that near enough every single one of them kind of buckled Whitaker that he knew his way of winning was was to land that, that jab and keep keep uh, Cannoneer at distance. Yeah, but for me, why would you not do it but to keep him at distance and to the one thing that he's got for him is his power. Now, if your leg, if he's kicking you in the legs, you need to disable them legs anyway. And if he's got the power, you need to disable them legs. So either way, the one thing that you need to do for far like cannon here is disable the legs. And oblique kicks work perfectly for that. And I don't understand why he wasn't. I don't understand why uh, Whitaker wasn't uh, using him to his advantage. It'd keep Cannonier back, it'd make him think twice before uh, coming in to lay the big shots off, and it'd fuck his legs up to the extent where he couldn't get the big shots off, or to the extent where it'd, it'd slow him down enough where it'd take his movement away to where you could sort of pop him off. Um, but Whitaker didn't sort of have a problem with that anyway, because Cannonier was not moving his head one little bit. He was just a still moving target. His head was just there, even though his body was moving, his head was there. Like, there was no movement at all. And But if he didn't have his gloves up, Whitaker just would have been hitting him with, with every single shot. And the one good thing what Whitaker has, obviously, is his boxing. I know he got knocked out his previous fight between Izzy, but Izzy's a world-class kickboxer, so that takes it out of perspective. But Whitaker has got good boxing. He's that jab that comes up, you don't even see it because he's bouncing about, got that sort of taekwondo style, and then before you know it, it's just a quick, it's just a quick jab. You don't, and then before you know it, your eyes closed, and it's like, oh, how did that happen? It's like, oh yeah, hang on a minute, when did he get five hundred shots off on me? Because he wants it as well when he gets into rhythm. That jab is just there for him. He's one fighter who uses the jab efficiently, and he'll he'll throw it two or three times. Just to distract you of either that other one that's coming and then that right sneaky kick that's coming over the top that we perfectly seen him do against Cannonier, the one that sort of rocked him when it were one two and then sneak over the top because he times it perfectly with a combination of coming with that right so your right hand's up and then coming with that left so your right hand drops a little bit and your left hand comes up it's just perfect your, your body automatically wants to do this sort of stuff. So as you drop your right hand and your left hand's coming up, he's already thinking about that left, that mm-hmm. right leg yeah. coming over the top. So he's, his brain's already in sync with his body and he knows exactly what he wants to do it's, and when he wants to do it. It's the levels of fight IQ. Yeah, definitely. I'm not taking away nothing from Cannon here. He put up a good, uh, he put up a good fight to say it was Robert Whitaker who you're fighting. This sort of Robert Whitaker looks healthy. Like mm-hmm. I said to you, and um, to me, Robert Whitaker reminds me of one of these fighters, like a cowboy in a way, where having that title or having that pressure of going for that title or something like that Can takes a toll. Yeah, it's a weight around his neck. Yeah, what he doesn't need, and when he doesn't have that, he's so much of a better fighter. Like, mm-hmm. When have we saw him look this good in that long? Especially as a, a guy like Cannonier. Going into this fight, the odds, uh, the betters didn't have favourites, did they? I think they were both it was near a pick enough. Em, yeah. yeah, they were both near enough. Like they were both even. Yeah. Uh, so they, they were both as 
And even for me, I couldn't pick a winner in this fight. I was I was struggling. I was having a debate with myself. I'm like, oh, you with this, and I'm with this. I'm I'm putting pros and cons out between either of them, and I I honestly, to God, couldn't make a decision of, of who was going to win this fight. It was an exciting fight for me. Cause I'm to myself, I'm like, shit, I'm just going to have to watch this and just see exactly what happens. Because I couldn't for the life in me put a gun to me head. I could not fucking tell you who would win this fight. Mm -hmm. And I, even if I did, I probably would have got it wrong. Um, so Canada, yeah, he's not he's not a he's not a pushover himself. He's got power in both of these hands. Uh, Whitaker had the perfect game plan to stay out of that power and use his movement, use his perfect boxing to fuck up that eye. And as soon as he saw the the swelling on the eye uh, and uh, that it were perfect for him, he, it, yeah, it literally give him a target to aim for. Each time it was like that that red. That red circle on your on your mitt, you've got some of there. You, it's not easy where you get your, your nose, your eyes, stuff like that. Oh, buzzard! Right, aim for the welt, aim for the welt, because you know that's that that part's the part that you've injured. Keep going for it, keep going for it. It's going to open up more choices for you. And the obviously when you said the level of fighting is the perfect example, the way of putting it. He knew if I keep on hitting that same spot, he's gonna he's gonna get lazy on something else. Where he's gonna he's gonna loosen up on his body. He's gonna drop his hands a bit. He's going to do something that he shouldn't have done, and I'm going to make him pay for it. And that's exactly what Whitaker were able uh, able to do. But the one thing we can say at the end of it, how the one thing when you're in the fire, keep your attention at all time. I guarantee Whitaker's bubble were chewing at that last fucking thirty to twenty yeah. seconds, especially when Cannonier fucking hit him and he started doing a bit of a stanky leg himself. Yeah. I bet his bubble were like fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, I should have finished this earlier. But yeah, so that was maybe a lesson to him um, in a in a good way. Like not not everything's a, a win for you. Like he got a bit cocky. Like maybe just like fuck it, I'm safe now. I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna chill out. And he almost fucking he almost paid for that. Canada mm -hmm. almost made him pay for it. But luckily enough, uh, time went and the judges give it. Obviously, like you said, 28, 27, Did you say which? Uh, twenty nine, twenty eight across the board. Yep. Yeah, twenty nine, twenty eight across the board. Which I'm not surprised that it were a, it, in a way the first round was a, a close round. That mm -hmm. could have been anybody's round. I think that's the round that, that all the judges gave uh, Canonier. Yeah. So obviously the last, the the second and third, Whitaker just with the the experience and the knowledge of of the championship knowledge because he, he fought he like just a champion. Looked, he just he fought, the tempo. Yeah. He fought like a champion, just unfortunately, when he's got that belt around his waist or when he's getting close to that belt, for me, he just, I don't know, he just sort of, he just sort of has the too much pressure on him. So like, obviously, he fought with, with y'all, and like I said in the fight, when I said to you, uh, maybe is he a good fighter, or maybe is, he, is it just early signs of like um, CET sort of thing? Like, mm -hmm. He's had took so much punishment. He took so much punishment off yard. Took so uh, been knocked out of Israel. Is he going to be the same sort of fighter? And again, I'm and I'm glad. Uh, I am, I'm glad I'm sort of wrong about. Especially when I talk about that sort of stuff in fighters. When I get it wrong, I'm glad because I'm like, thank fuck I didn't. Like, thank fuck I am wrong on that. Because clearly the fighter's normal. Clearly his, his brain is intact and all that sort of stuff. And you don't always want to be right. It's not a case of that when he's obviously when you're talking about fighters injury and especially to that extent of being so serious it's when you when you say stuff and you are right you don't get that especially, especially for me you don't get that sense of pleasure going oh fuck it, I got that one right you're like oh fuck I wish I didn't get that right I wish I fucking got that wrong um, 
But yeah, I'm glad. Uh, this is the only one of the only times when I do set, get stuff wrong. I'm, I'm uh, a little bit fucking glad about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, congratulations to to Whitaker. Uh, he did say after the fight that he's not going to talk about his next fight. He's going to go on to his family, put Christmas tree, which is fair enough. He's he's fought a lot over the last couple of years and obviously put through injury and stuff like that. It's good to him to have a bit of family time, but. Let's be real, we all know his next fight after beating Cannonier, his number one yeah. uh, contender. We all know his next fight is going to be Israel, so there's no point in saying he's not going to talk about it because his next fight's already there, sort of writ in paper. If, well, unless some miracle happens where Bones don't decide to fight at heavyweight and they do decide to fight at light heavy, well, I don't see that happening. No, he's definitely, he's definitely got a. Uh... Israel next, uh, but yeah, go home, enjoy Christmas. This is a, you've got to remember. This is a Robert Whitaker who who's usually needs a long layoff after a fight, and this guy's fought twice in three months. So exactly, that, obviously that's going straight to the pressure of the title. Like he's, he looks healthier, looks healthier than he's been in the last two to three years, and he he hasn't got no pressure on him to to do all. He had the, he knew this was a fight, and I don't think he even put pressure on himself to to get the title shot afterwards and I think that's why he's still telling himself that he's not lo- looking for the for the next fight because I believe that's that's why he did put on the performance because he wasn't looking for that title fight and he wasn't mm-hmm. looking for the next fight he was looking just go win this fight I'm going to go spend some time with my family whatever happens yeah. happens and I believe that's what makes him a better fighter yeah I agree uh, so the fact that that this card was built around the the biggest fight of 2020 uh, even even with covid being the uh, the kind of ruiner of, of of all sports yeah everybody every man and his dog were looking forward to this fight and these two guys came out and gave us uh, a, a, an amazing performance um Khabib Nurmagomedov, the uh, the twenty eight and all unbeaten UFC champion, and Justin Gaethje, the uh, the the hardest hitting fighter in that division, possibly in in the company. Um, it was always going to be a banger of fight, and and they did not disappoint. Started pretty kind of nervy for the first couple of minutes. Uh, both guys keeping a huge distance. Um, Gaethje obviously didn't want to be in that kind of a shooting range for for Habib, and Habib wanted to stay as far away as from uh, Gaethje's dynamite fists as possible. Uh, and it was actually Gaethje that kind of like took the 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 early momentum with uh, with the leg kicks. But once uh once Habib uh, kind of got the the feeling that uh, he can take Gaethje's shots. He just literally turned it up about two minutes into that into the first round. He just turned his game on. He started to do what what a lot of us was hoping that he would do. He started to stand and bang with Justin Gaethje, and he got the better of him. He he for me at least, uh, he made he made Gaethje look like the fighter he was pre joining the UFC, where he just had one kind of direction, and it was go throw hands like the clappers, and and basically don't uh, don't use your fat IQ, your intelligence to to make better chances. Just hope you land the knockout blow. Uh, Habib was very economical with his shots, but he landed a pretty much 
I'd say at least 80% of the, the fisting through, where Gaethje was looked very nervous, he was bouncing about, he was throwing wild strikes, which were, were nowhere near him, and he had me worried, I thought that he looked like someone who was hurt and was just trying to swing the way out of trouble. Uh, but uh, Nuno obviously, this guy is not 28 and all for no reason. He knew to avoid those shots because one of them landing would have put him out. It's as simple and clear as that. And he waited until 30 seconds of the fight to go, shot for a double leg, took it down, and the guy just, like, he's an octopus. He's just, there's no word to describe how good uh, Habib is on the ground. He... Got, he got Gaethje down, he was able to shoot for that, for that uh, double leg and, and position himself for an armbar all within 20 seconds. The, the, the horn pretty much saved Gaethje uh, in, in, the, in the second round. Um, he, uh, going into the, the second, we, we saw pretty much a lot of the same. Uh, um, it looked like Gaethje's leg kicks had, had hurt uh, Habib. But Habib just did the same as what he did in the in the first round. He went for a takedown, was able to to secure it, and uh, he just dragged uh, Gaethje to the floor. Was able to transition into mount, went for a, another submission. This time went for for the triangle. It got locked in. Gaethje, and this was a worry for me because he tapped three times before Jason Herzog uh, finally recognised that it was a tap, and he was absolutely out cold. Um, but yeah, what a great victory for Nurmagomedov! I'm really, kind of cementing the fact that there's no argument. He's the best fighter that's ever been in the, in the UFC octagon. No ifs, ands, or buts. This guy is what 13 and all in the UFC, 29 and all in his career. Um, but that wasn't the end of the drama uh, because straight after the fight. You could see it, the pressure was lifted off Habib. Uh, obviously, many most people know that he lost his father, uh, who was his mass, biggest influence in the sport. And he's uh, he made a promise to his mum that this was his last fight. He'd go home and he would look after his mum. Uh, and fair play to the guy. He's retiring on top. And I think this is one of those kind of retirements that, that sticks. I don't think he's going to be the kind of person who uh, does a GSP or does an Anderson silverware they'll retire until a big fight comes along. I don't think he's that kind of person. He's very family-orientated. He uh, thanked everybody in who's ever been basically in his in his uh, MMA life. He, uh, he thanked uh, Justin. Uh, and, yeah, what a way to go out. The guy is an absolute legend, and he rightly deserves to be the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. And uh, thanks, Habib, for, for just being the most dominant wrestler that I've ever ever seen. Yeah, definitely. He uh he proper I had me like tongue tied when I when I saw that I didn't I didn't know what to say when I saw the finish, I didn't know what to say when he actually came out. I like, I, I I would say I'm saying this now like I, I acted surprised like he said I'm fucking retired like it's my last fight like, like I didn't already know with all the suspense building up when his team were trying to take his gloves off for the minute that it that it fucking took. Uh, in my head, I'm like, I must have said it to myself a like hundred times. He's gonna retire here. He's gonna retire here. He's he's gonna retire here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. He's gonna well, retire here. You, you you could tell. It, we didn't really want to kind of uh, believe it because this guy could go on for another ten years and still be as massively dominant. 
but when you see his team ripping at the tape on his gloves and he was kind of avoiding uh, speaking to John Anik uh, until he got his gloves off, we all knew it was coming. We knew it was coming before, we just didn't want to believe that it was going to come. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't fault him for it because, like I said, he, he, he did everything for his dad. And once his dad passed, he has no reason to fight anymore. He didn't really want to do this fight. He did it because he felt an obligation to the UFC uh, and he felt an obligation to Justin Gaethje. He's fulfilled that obligation. He's nothing else to prove. Anyone who faces now is someone who he's already beat or someone who is not even in his calibre. Good on him. Go and have a happy laugh uh, training other fighters. I mean, it's not like there's not... Ten of them and uh, Magomedov's coming through the rankings. Who's yeah, happy to take right. that 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 foul? Yeah, definitely. Just give the fucking man his, his number one pound for pound. He's, he's deserved it at least. Give him it. Uh, one thing is safe. It's safe for ones. I'll, I'll grant you the spot. That that was funny. But yeah, just give him the pound for pound spot. Even if it's for a fucking day or a week. He's, the man has deserved it. He's he's earned everything he's fucking done. He's done twenty eight and all. A lot of people give him shit when he started coming up like to like eighteen and all. Like oh. So he's fought and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's uh, who he's fought now that matters. Like, the guy's 29 and all, mm-hmm. who he's 12 and all in the UFC and fought everybody and anybody apart from Tony, which to me is going to probably hang over his career. But then again, for how dominant he's going to be, could you not say he'd just do that over Tony Ferguson anyway? Well, which I personally am confident he would. MMA math dictates that. Justin Gaethje laid a whooping on, on Tony Ferguson and Habib dominated Justin Gaethje. So I don't think I don't think that's the kind of thing that would worry Habib. I don't think um, fame or glory is what he's after. He's just after oh, no, the, no, no, he's no. just after respect. Oh, yeah. He's a very he's a very humble very humble character. Like I say, when you're going back to the retirements, like this is not. I don't think it's going to be a fake one. Like I say, I personally, I don't think it's going to be a fake one. He's, He's a humble enough character and a loyal enough character to keep a promise, especially to his, especially to his mother, especially a, a strong bond like that. You, you can't take nothing away from mother and son bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I if I said something to my mother and I'd keep my word, simple as that. Um, and and it was a horrible thing to say as well. Me and my friend sort of had a thing, and I said to my friend, if if there was someone to put bets on now to say this was last fight because of the circumstances, what happened? I'd stick my house on it because I, I knew, deep down, I knew Khabib were going to retire because I knew since day one of following his career that he didn't sort of want to do this. Even when he was doing Sambo stuff, he didn't really want to do it. It was his dad. His dad yeah. was a massive influencer to his game. That's why he respected him so much. That's why a lot of people in Dagestan, that's why a lot of people in Russia respected his dad so much. The Eagles gym is so big and... Uh, like you say now with with Khabib, he doesn't even need to leave Russia. He doesn't need to come back to the United States. He could just go back to Dagestan, live there. He, he literally controls the Eagles gym. He's like a god mm-hmm. in Dagestan. He's a royalty at the end of the day. They look at him like a like a fucking a rock star. god. Yeah. Um, so he's got he's got all that lot going for him. He's he obviously he's got a private life. He's got a wife. He's got either a son or a daughter. I'm not. Not too sure, but I, I know he's got kids. He's he, the guy can just go and enjoy himself. He, you can tell he's not being able to, because what a lot of people as well have got to remember, it's not like he's come from a background like us lot from an everyday where he could just enjoy his life and stuff like that. His his dad were very, 
his dad were a very strict and a strict person with rules to follow and if you wouldn't you can tell Khabib he started say, wrestling at three or four doing all this like doing competition becoming a world champion and then obviously flying around the world to train in America and train at home and you can just imagine how much training well especially me to myself of who who's put time in and especially how much time you'd have to put in to be at Khabib's level like you can just tell that he hasn't had that much time for personal life. You can just tell he, he's missed out on a lot of stuff growing up and he's missed out on a lot of stuff over the last couple of years because of the sort of character um, he is. Uh, so yeah, he's he's done enough to fucking go in and enjoy himself. He's, he'll always, to me, when it comes on the subject, he'll always be the best lightweight ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the pound for pound best grapplers on the fucking planet. You can't take that nothing. You can't take that anything away from him. The fight was surprising for me. Like I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna lie and sit here and say oh everything were amazing. No, it disappointed me a bit. I expected more out of Justin. Um, and like you said, he, he didn't look. He didn't look like the the smart Justin in a way. He looked a bit like the like I say that the old Justin of old. Yeah, the one who just wanted to stand and bang. But then again, when you've got a guy like Khabib who's just a world-class grappler, you, you're sort of stuck in the mud, like I made, like I made a point to you. When you're that good of a grappler, it sort of doesn't matter who you're facing. Because when you're that good of a grappler and you can take anybody down at will, your opponent's always thinking in my head, if I do this and fuck up, you're going to take me down. Mm-hmm. If I do this wrong, you're going to take me down. If I try this, you're going to take me down. Everything that they do themselves, they're always going to question themselves, is, if I do this, is he going to take me down? And with Khabib, you're without a, no question of that. You're asking yourself that question every single time you even question yourself to do something. Because he's that good of a, a wrestler and that good of a grappler that you do something wrong, he'll take you down. And even if you don't do something wrong, he'll take you down. He just he, he can he's proved that over his 29 fight career mm-hmm. that he can just take you down at will. He's the only guy. Who's got, what has he got? Like 27 takedowns in a fight or something like that. I think that's the record, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and it's. It, 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 the guy I'll take you down was that against uh, Trujillo I think it was a guy who's got a, with a hammer on his chest dicks mm-hmm. all on his chest uh, <laughs> um, but yeah so he, he's literally the the pound for pound best lightweight to ever step foot in that UFC octagon to ever wrap the UFC belt around his waist you can't take that away from the man give him his, his pound for pound number one let him retire in peace the lightweight division He'll move on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he can spend some time with his family. Justin can sort of get to his game plan, maybe figure out what he did wrong, or even if he didn't do anything wrong, maybe Khabib's just that good. We know he's fucking good. We, we know he's definitely good. Uh, but where does the lightweight go from here? We've got the likes of Tony, uh, yeah, Tony Ferguson, who's basically licking his wounds and who will come back. Justin Poirier, uh, Connor, that rear his, his head again. That's it, we've got them two fighting pretty soon, and like uh, like me and you were talking about earlier, why did them two were pretty quick to sort of accept the UFC's thing, mate? Did they know something about mm-hmm. Khabib retiring? Did they get a bit of a um, bit, a, bit of a, uh, a speaking to, telling them that, oh, you might be fighting for the vacant lightweight title soon, but keep it quiet? We'll never know. Might, that might come out, so keep an eye on that. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff going to be happening in that lightweight division soon. Obviously, the the lightweight goal now retiring and vacating 
the belt on top. Um, what's next? Who do you think is going to be fighting for the belt? Yeah, I, I, I think you make a lot of sense with the fact that uh, the. Connor and Dustin were very quick to uh, to accept the UFC's uh, um, basically demand of having it uh, as a as a UFC bout rather than a, an exhibition bout. Uh, I think that's the it's the sensible fight to make for the title, and then have Justin Gaethje take on the the winner, seeing as he was the the interim before this fight. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, thanks uh, for everything that you've done for me for the, for the sport and. Yeah, you're going out on top, which is, you can't ask for anything more, really. Um, looking forward to next uh, next week's card. It's a, a little bit of a palate cleanser after after today's uh, um, amazing event. Uh, we've got Bobby Green versus Thiago Moises. Bobby Green may be pushing his way in that lightweight division for a title shot. Uh, we've got everybody's uh, uh, most hated fighter, Greg Hardy, against Maurice Green. Uh, Kevin Ollard against uh, Mahmoud Muradov in the middleweights. Um, Andre Feely and Brass Mitchell in the featherweights for the Corman, and then uh, Legend versus Legend Killer Uriah Hall against Anderson Silva as the main event. So yeah, check back next week for for all the 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 action from from UFC fight that Hall versus Silva. Uh, but follow me on Twitter at DJ Kerber. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Follow the show at Five Rounds Pod. Uh, check us out on Visionaries Global Media. Check us out on uh, Shooting the Sports Ish. And check us out on uh, Chair Shop Media Group. Uh, thank you all for listening. And that is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.